Praise the Lord. Good day to you. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in the studio at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas. Glad to have you with us whenever you find us on social media and uh, just to be gathered around God's wonderful, beautiful words of life, light, and liberty. You know, James wrote that this whole book is called The Law of Liberty the law of God's liberty found in Christ Jesus. That means that everything in the book has got to flow through what God did in his son on the cross to liberate us or we'll miss out on the opportunity to have the fruit of what's written on the pages of what we call our Bibles, hallelujah. And uh, we're here every Monday and Friday morning at 9 a.m. Central Time teaching presently in 2 Peter. We've taught 1 Peter and uh, we are more than halfway through Second Peter, and uh, we're just excited. You can find everything that we do here at Crossway Church on the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, and the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. There's a store icon you can click on. We have 12, 13, something like that, commentaries that you can avail yourself to. Use just a small uh, donation, ask for those. And I've got a couple with me this morning. The first one I ever wrote, Psalms 119, all the verses in that long psalm, glorying in the cross through Psalms 119. I like what it says on the front. Every word of God is light for our journey if we hear and see them in the light of the Lord Jesus Christ and his work on Calvary's cross. And something that the Lord give, has given me some time back that I put on all my morning posts, uh, well, really my, my, my uh, Pastor Curtis Facebook post every morning, at the end of every post every morning that I make, says these words, learning to see Christ and him crucified in every word which God has ever spoken. That's not what I thought it was. What I, po what I say on my post every morning, sorry about that, is seeking God in his word and finding him through faith in the sacrifice. But anyway, Psalms 119, the first one I ever wrote, it's available, check out the store. The other one is, uh, one of the other ones is Titus Commentary and uh, Divine Order in the Church. And there's several more and there's several more to even be formatted and printed and put in the store at some point. Pray for us that the Lord would give us grace to do that. His grace includes time. Hallelujah. So praise the Lord. And, and uh, just don't forget about our effort. The Lord has given us to mail 10, 10 expositor study Bibles into the prison system every week. And that is to inmates who are requesting those specific Bibles. And so you can help us do that. It takes $40 per Bible to get it into the hands of the inmate. So again, that is, that is what it cost us per Bible. That's a great discount. But if we do 10 a week, and we do, you figure that up for yourself at 52 weeks a year. So I thank you for your help. And thank you for those who are going to begin helping us in that. You can text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950 and see one of the options is the Bibles to Inmate option. So thank you for your help. 
Today here in 2 Peter chapter 2, and this is part 7 of this second, second chapter that we're teaching this morning. And you can find the rest of them on uh, the Crossway Church, Queen City, Texas Facebook page or the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, uh, or the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. So I encourage you to go and avail yourself to these gospel-centered, cross-centered Bible studies and then share them that others may be born again or others who think they are walking in truth but are not can learn what truth is and can find out really what the Bible says. Most Christians today really don't have a clue at what the Bible says and most of the ones that do don't know what it means. And so I'm not being ugly. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking from experience. I used to sit around in, in break areas for years as a Christian and everybody throwing their two cents in and not think much about it, you know. And then one day God would stir me and quicken me and awaken me and put a Bible in my lap and begin to show me what he said. And I, I remember the day that I sat there as I began to study God's word saying, my Lord, we were all wrong. All our thoughts, all our opinions, you need to get you a Bible and open it and begin to study it for yourself. And a lot of, Everybody's got opinions and everybody's got little clips of this Bible verse and clips of that and then we mix our own fleshly lustful thoughts into it and do what we will with it, but that's not what God intended and faith cannot come unless we're hearing God's word in its righteous context. Hallelujah. So here we are, 2 Peter chapter 2, let's begin this morning in verse 17 these are wells without water. Now, let me say this morning, you cannot just sit down and open your Bible and start reading anywhere. If you do, you're going to find yourself backing up. And if you don't, then you're pretty much just wasting your time. Because if you just start right here, if, you've, if this is the first time you've ever been with us, found us, and you're listening and watching... And you don't really understand the Bible and you're not really familiar with the word. When you hear these words, these are wells without water, your mind will go simply to dirt holes in the ground that are empty. But what this is referring to, and you'd have to back up to see this, and we won't do it this morning, go and avail yourselves to what's been taught or simply just read for yourself what's written up to this point. So here we see, and we know, that when the Lord says through Peter, these are wells without water, he's, he's referring to men and women in the church causing a distraction, a disturbance, and pointing away from what God is pointing to. They one time knew what was right and walked in what was right and pointed others to what was right. And we'll see that. We've seen that already in this chapter. And we'll see even more with more clarity and uh, uh, specifics as we move on through this chapter. Please don't get caught up listening to, to, to ministers who tell you that these these people referred to in this chapter were just unbelievers in the church. That's not what the Bible says. 
And unless you're willing to just move into the place where you believe what the Bible says instead of listening to men try to make you believe something it's not saying, then you're not going to be able to grow like you could. You have to just accept the Word of God. And it's not that we don't need teachers in the church. We do, and we have them, but they must always be those who are righteously dividing the Word of God, always bringing us back face-to-face with Christ Jesus and what he did at Calvary. That's where the light of the glorious knowledge of God shines from in the face of Christ. And there we can learn scripture. There we can find our feet in the truth and and walking in the truth. So you, you, you have to be careful. This chapter is about men in the church who had what was right delivered what was right, but now have turned away from what was right and are teaching false things now. And we'll see that even more so in the days ahead. You just have to let all those damnable heresies go that try to make you make you believe uh, outside the words that are written here that these were just lost people, these were just tares among the wheat. That's not true. There are tares among the wheat. But these uh, are those who turned away from that which was right and maybe becoming tares among the wheat, but they were ministers in the church and that, that's, why, that's why we're being warned of it. We don't need to be warned. Uh, uh, I'm not going to say we don't need to be warned, but we don't need to be warned near as much about things outside the church as we do things that creep into the church. Amen. And I know every church on the planet at this very moment thinks they're exempt. These things are not happening in our church, but these things are happening in predominantly a most of the church. You can always know where it's happening when the Bible is opened and we're not being pointed to the redeeming work of Jesus Christ, who he is as the Son of God and what he did as the Lamb of God. If that's not what we're being pointed to, then someone is even in their ignorance maybe using the word love a lot or other words a lot to distract you and to try to get you to see something other than what you should see. But it's a distraction. The only place we were given eyesight and vision, that being the vision of the Lord himself, is when we were born again. Unless we walk in that truth that made us born again, gave us new life, liberty, and light to walk in with the one who is in the light, then our vision will go dim and we'll go blind again. Peter wrote that even in his letter. So you must remember, these people are in the church. They're in the church. And many, and we'll see it, great swelling words, words that swell our flesh up. They're very distracting, very deceitful, and very deceptive because they enticed 
They entice the lust of our flesh that grows weary of hearing about the cross, the focus of the sacrifice. And we, we don't need to hear about that all the time. And, you know, I hate to tell folks this, but you, every person who says that, who's saying that is going to uh, be ashamed at the judgment seat. They're going to be ashamed at the judgment seat. And you don't want to be ashamed at the judgment seat. You want to have this great joy that the Lord endured the cross for you to be able to have abounding in your heart. Hallelujah. So when the Bible here says these are wells without water, clouds that are carried with a tempest, to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever, these are, these are men these are men who are bringing destructive heresies into the church, as we've seen this in the first part of this chapter. They're bringing heresies. And, and look, what, look at what the Bible here says is carrying them, what's moving them, clouds that are carried with a tempest. That word tempest, let's look at it this morning and see what it is that's moving and moving these whirlwinds, storms. They're being moved by these winds of false doctrine. They're not being carried along by that form of doctrine that made them sound and freed them from sin and made them a servant of righteousness they say we need to move on from that and go on into, and I say, into what? If the Holy Spirit is always delivering us unto death for Jesus' sake, then how can we go on, how can we go on from that truth? And I know in great swelling words, uh, they try to explain their position, but it's not a good position. They're being moved by winds of doctrine that carry them as storms. They're, remember, they're whales without water. They're whales other than the whales from where our salvation comes. Remember, I ministered a message yesterday titled The Work Within. And the work within is God's working death in us, 2 Corinthians 4 and 12. And out of his working death in us, we work out our own salvation. Hallelujah. Philippians 2 and 12. This, this place where God works is in, 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 the, from, in the well of salvation, meaning the death of his son and our union with him by faith in his death. And out of that flows everything we need. Out of that flows the fruit of our drinking from the well of salvation. What these men are whales without water. They're whales without the water that comes from our salvation. And they're clouds that are carried. They're men. They're clouds that are carried. They're not being moved by the Holy Spirit. They're being carried with a tempest, meaning winds and storms that only distract and stir up the flesh and distract from what God is really saying, distract from what God is really attempting to do, to whom the mist of darkness, the gloom of darkness, is reserved forever. These people have lost their way. They've turned from. 
<coughs> the way of righteousness, which is God's holy commandment. We see that down here near the end of this very chapter. And I want to read a few more verses, if I can, this morning uh, concerning the clouds that are really, the Bible says, the dust of God's feet. And where we find the clouds that are the dust of God's feet, the dust of where God is walking and moving and having his way, the, the clouds that are the dust of his feet carry the rain, the true rain, this latter rain that we're not praying for and expecting to come it's already here, my friend. We are in the latter rain. We are in the time of the harvest. We are there. It's not coming. It is there. A greater move of it is coming moment by moment to those who find themselves in the latter rain. But to find yourself in the latter rain, you must be among those who are the clouds uh, that are the dust of God's feet that carry this latter rain, which is the message of Christ and him crucified. There is no other message that brings the rain. Hallelujah. And always remember this. God only gives rain to the ground in which he's planted you as his people. I want to say that again. This latter rain Oh, this latter rain, it only rains on the ground wherewith God has planted his vineyard, and that's in the likeness of his son's death. That's where you were planted when you're born again. That's the only ground that God is watering. He won't water any other ground. That's what his well of salvation is set apart for. His well of salvation, we draw from the wells of our salvation because there's the only place the water is that allows us to grow and to mature and to be used by God. Hallelujah. So watch this in Nahum. Write these things down. It'll bless you later as you study and the Lord gives you greater illumination of them. Nahum the prophet in chapter 1 verse 3 says, The Lord is slow to anger and great in power and will not at all acquit the wicked. See it? What we're talking about here, even in Peter, he's got, he's got a dark and gloomy place that's beyond our ability to imagine or speak this place of damnation that's reserved for these who, uh, who know what's right but turn away from it and offer everything else or some other way. It's not going to be good, and that's far, far uh, uh, an understatement. Watch this now. He, he will not at all acquit the wicked. The Lord has his way in the whirlwind and in the storm. And the clouds are the dust of his feet. The clouds that carry the rain are the dust of where God is really walking. I want you to hear me say that again right out of the Bible. The clouds are the dust of God's feet. And I know that you can try to make that apply to the clouds in the sky. And, and, and I'm sure they do apply to the clouds in the literal physical sky. 
But everything in the Bible has a spiritual tone written there for us as well. Nothing in the Bible ends with just a physical effect or a physical view. It all has a spiritual impartation if you have a spirit-taught heart. So the Bible here says that the clouds are the dust of his feet. And we see here that the, these clouds that Peter writes about are whales without water. They, they're carried about with a tempest. They're blown around as clouds, but they have no rain to offer. And, and I want to read a couple other scriptures. Jude chapter 1, Jude's only chapter, by the way, verse 12 is talking about these same spots in our feast. And if you back up here in verse 13, 2 Peter 2 and 13, the Bible here says, And shall these shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they that count it pleasure to riot, to revel, to party in the daytime. Spots they are and blemishes sporting themselves, reveling themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you. While they feast with you. Uh, but he says there in verse 13, Peter says, there's spots and blemishes. And here we see in the book of Jude, verse 12, these are spots in your feast. The church doesn't like to think about there being spots in their churches, in their worship services, in their love feasts. And these aren't people just there visiting in the pews. These are people who have authority to stand before the people. They're spots. But you see, these revelings and this party spirit is not exclusive to physical partying in clubs and lasciviousness, uh, promiscuous uh, sexual activities. This is this is also talking about these who have this 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 spirit that just points to everything. And you know, a lot of what's called Pentecost today that I call Pentecostalism. A lot of what's called Pentecost is really the world, the spirit of the world that's come in because the world. I mean, the church the church doesn't like not being able to do what the world does. So it, it, it finds a way to do what the world does and just call it something else. Stamp the Lord on it. Call it the Spirit of the Lord. But my friends, if it's not the truth of the Redeemer and what he did on Calvary's cross that's moving you and stirring you and guiding you and, and, and causing the great joy in your heart, you have been blinded. You are being seduced. And that's just the way it is. And none of us like to think that this is going on in our church. But when we begin to learn the truth of Calvary, you can't separate the written truth from the living word of truth, the one who became truth, who is the living word from what he did at Calvary. If you separate those things, then confusion and automatic contradiction and blindness begin to take place. And that's just the way it is. So let's get back to this focus. Jude verse 12 says, these are spots in your feast of 
charity, your worship services. When they feast with you, they're feeding themselves without fear, without the fear of the Lord. See, the fear of the Lord, get this now. The Bible says in Psalms 25, 14, the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him and he shows them, he makes known to them his covenant. You see, where the fear of the Lord is, the focus of his covenant is there. You know, you, you can't do a study in the scriptures of the fear of the Lord without it revealing the fruit of the cross to you. Proverbs 14, 26, and 27, I believe it is, tells us that in the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. You don't get a strong confidence anywhere from God unless your heart is yielded and touching the very sacrifice of Christ. It's not going to happen. Uh, the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is what delivered us from the snares of death. What delivered us from the snares of death? What Jesus did at Calvary. The fear of the Lord can never be separated from who Jesus is and what he did at Calvary. So let's read this again because what Jude wrote about is the same thing Peter wrote about. So there must be a need for us who are saved and in church to know these things because these things are happening within the walls of the church. Even in the walls of the churches that are preaching and showing certain things that are false and not not right according to the scriptures, but but yet the same time that is happening, which is a part of what disguises what we should be alerted to, 